This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jay. And uh, tonight you guys are bringing you an epic guest. We got Mr. Sam Jones from Indiana on the horn tonight. And, uh, you know, his list of pro staff slash sponsors is TRC Covers, Wicked Weights, FX Custom Rods, Accent Fishing Products, Biz Baits. He's part of Angler Expert. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about how he... Uh, joined the Pro Tour this year for KBF, uh, do his little recap on Big Hill and Nickajack Lake. He had a strong finish down there at Nickajack and then an uh, upcoming event up there at St. Clair. So, uh, Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Excited to be on here. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so, as usual, we always start with, you know, how you got into kayak fishing and then, uh, you know, kind of what led you into uh, competitive fishing. So why don't you start us off with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, you know, fishing my whole life. I can't remember a time where I didn't have the rod and reel in the hand. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 14 that I got into bass fishing. And uh, really just, it, it consumed me. I've been competing since I was 16, either from a boat back of the boat team tournaments uh, co-angler with flw and other clubs throughout the state um so 
you know, I've always been competing and always been in the bass industry. It wasn't until um, last year that I bought my first kayak. I fished out of uh, kayaks and, and uh, pedal boats and everything that you can imagine, tubes, all that. Um, but it wasn't until last year that I decided to finally get into a kayak and um, it was probably the best decision I ever made. I, uh, I purchased a uh, bonafide SS-127 from a local dealer here in Indiana, Moving Water Outfitters, and uh, took it straight to the water. And I've spent a ton of time in it since then, getting used to it and getting comfortable in it. And I can't imagine ever going back to the boat, to be honest with you. Not to say that I won't get in there with a friend and fish or own one one day, but uh, competing from a kayak is what I see myself doing for a long, long time. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, I mean, it sounds like you and I have similar stories. Um, you know, it's just like that, that kayak fishing consumes you, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's definitely different than the boat. And, um, I, you know, I think a lot of guys, once they get into it, they just, they just, don't necessarily turn back. I mean, it's not like you're going to shy away from the whole boat thing. I mean, Jay and I were talking about fishing out of boats today. It's like sometimes you just want to do that, but, you know, the, the kayak passion is always there for sure. So, no, that's very cool, man. So, um, did you fish local clubs last year? Um, I didn't. I signed up for a few, like, online events. Uh, through different people and different clubs like I can remember specifically uh, Michigan Ohio kayak anglers I did a couple of their onlines I don't even know if I did a KBF online to be honest with you last year sure uh, but just some random stuff I didn't want to go too crazy because I just wanted to get really comfortable because it is like you just said it's completely different than fishing yeah. from a boat from everything from the way you you know work your presentations to hook sets to landing fish all that so before i went too crazy i wanted to get really comfortable in it and uh so yeah just just some online stuff last year very cool very cool so i mean that that kind of leads us into our next topic i mean what kind of made you take the plunge and jump into the kbf pro tour and i know you're fishing all the central region uh trail events right and i, I don't know if you're fishing any right. other ones but um, you know, kind of what, what led you to that conclusion? So, um, I mean, like I said, I've been competing since I was 16. Um, you know, I can remember after high school, I was, I was fishing a tournament almost every night of the week. So, and I've always wanted to do this at a higher level and anything I do, man, I jump in 100%. So, um, you know, this year, you know, with the pro tour starting up and seeing what was going on, I wanted to be involved in it and uh, wanted to experience it, you know, in its, in its first season. And thankfully, you know, due to some of the partnerships I have with my sponsors, um, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, move forward with that. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to be a part of, you know, history in the making, as you could say, really um, knowing what's coming down the pipeline with this. I thought it was important to do it and I wanted to test myself and I figure if you're going to, if you're going to go do it, do it all the way. Right. Like sure. no better way to, to get better at what you do than to compete against the best in it. So, you know, I was blessed enough to have the opportunity 
to do it. So I went for it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, this is my first year fishing KBF as well. And, you know, I kind of dove in and was just like, screw it. I'm going for it, you know? Um, so I'm right there with you, man. So, you know, leading into the first tournament, Big Hill, Kansas, um, you know, which is where I met you and, uh, Alan Reed and, um, you know, I was a little intimidated, so to speak, you know, I, you know, I'd heard Alan's name for sure, uh, previously. And, uh, you know, I knew you guys were my competition and, um, you know, I know you guys were on fish all week. I was on fish all week and then tournament day came and it was like, a struggle for everybody for sure <laughs> and I know you had some issues you know and I had seen you later in the day and I was just like man I was thinking about you all day because the wind had kicked up there um we we had talked about that on a previous episode how like the winds were just howling we had like three foot waves like I mean it was just gnarly yeah. conditions and you were paddling so why don't you run yeah. us through like your struggles of that um just to kind of give a, a, a relation to some of our listeners and stuff. Sure. Well, first, let me say congratulations to Alan Reed on the victory there at Big Hill. Yeah, like buddy. Like you said, most people that weren't there will never know <laughs> what yeah. kind of condition <laughs> he had to go <laughs> go up against to, to get that win. So that was huge. You know, Alan's my travel partner, and, and we both had a really great practice. I'll be honest with you, by 2 o'clock on, on Wednesday I already had set in my mind what I was going to do on tournament day. Sure. I spent, uh, I spent Thursday just kind of checking out some different areas of the lake. And then Friday was just like a quick little, Hey, let me make sure that everything I got still there. And it was, and I was, I was pumped up, dude, going into, going into tournament morning. Like I was, I was pumped up, but in the back of my mind, I was worried about two things, people being on my spot, um, because I knew it was going to be a little protected from the wind we had coming. Sure. And two, that wind. Uh, you know, it it was uh, it was definitely on my mind. But I made a decision that I was just going to go for it and uh, paddle across that lake and up that lake. And no matter how heavy the waves were, and get to that spot because I knew the potential that it had. Sure. Um. So yeah, tournament morning. I think we had storms leading up to and lightning leading up to uh to launch if i remember right yeah yeah it was um, definitely i think when we were all in the parking lot getting ready i think it was it was lightning some rain blew in and then that kind of cleared out but the the wind was there and that wasn't going away anytime quick so right yeah so um the wind was already there like you said and i remember just paddling uh, for my life to get across this lake into this protected protected area in which I had found a lot of fish. I mean, a lot of fish um, and good ones too. I think, uh, I think I boated on tournament day like an 18-something. Um, got big bass on one of the hourly big bass pots. Nice. Um, but I, I just struggled all day fighting the wind, man. I was paddling more than I was fishing and uh, – you know, at, at Big Hill, a lot of the bank line is covered in, like, slime. Yeah. So a lot of my bites were actually coming on the edge of that slime and working it kind of away from there. Um, 
I was fishing, fishing the bottom, uh, mostly. And I was throwing a fluke a little bit as well. Um, but I was fishing the bottom mostly there. Um, you know, shaky head and getting my bites like that. And it just it was tough on tournament day. Cause I was basically getting blown into the bank, you know, even anchoring, I was getting blown. Um, I wasn't holding. And, uh, so I was basically fishing from the bank in my kayak Yeah, and, uh, you know, so then you're working it into the slime instead of away from the slime. And, you know, in my opinion, the bass were, you know, nose to the bank, uh, just cause of the time of the year we had, and they were you know, coming up on the spawn, um, or spawning. And so I'm, I'm not really presenting the bait the way I need to, you know, not bringing it towards them. I'm, uh, I'm bringing it from, from the back to the front. So sure. I just didn't get the bites that I needed that day. And I struggled a little bit and, um, I made some mistakes early on. I actually threw back a couple keeper fish first thing in the morning, like 12, 13 inches, because I mean, every day in practice, I put up over 80 inches, not even trying. Right. Um, and so I actually didn't even finish that tournament with a limit. Yeah, I know when I ran into you um, towards the end of the day, I think it was like the last hour or something, you know, you, you know, I was like, so how'd you do? And you're like, I only got three fish and um, man, it was, it was definitely a struggle and I can relate, man. I, I made some mistakes as well as, you know, I went way up north and uh, I told myself during pre-fish, like practice, you know, like. I was going to stay away from there, but I was just trying to protect myself from the wind. But had I not wasted all that time going up there, I think I could have got a few better fish, you know, in the, in the bag. But, uh, yeah, it was a struggle, man. It was a struggle. I mean, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're going to have good ones and you're going to have bad ones. Right. So that's right. That's fishing. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So you ended up taking, uh, what was it? Uh, fifth in the pro, and uh, would you end up in the regular tournament? Uh, I was inside the top twenty. I think it was like fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah. Um, in in the trail. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were up there, like you know, top twenty for sure. So, um, so. Hey, uh, it. What was your uh, like your color selection from like working the bottom, or if you're working any. Uh, faster baits you know if you're uh because <clears throat> i know you said you work the bottom more often um off the uh yeah. the slimed uh the slime shores but were you throwing anything else and like what colors were you going with yeah so in my area uh, my area is about a football field in length but there were three key spots um in there and uh in practice you know i i took a bunch off in those spots each time and it's kind of weird so it's like three things in one right so you had right on the bank you had the, the buck bass were up there so you can catch a limit pretty quick doing that and then you know a few yards off the bank it would kind of it'd go down to about six to eight foot in depth and then right off of that was a ledge and there was 12 to 15 foot in depth and so I really had three patterns and three spots in this one area. Um, so like I said, I could catch them real quick, shallow. Um, and there'd be some big ones mixed in there, but mostly bucks. And then come out off there and have a, a decent little bite in kind of this grassy flat um, area. And then the drop off there was actually schools of bait 
and I was catching fish out in that, you know, schooling on the bait and I was throwing a fluke, you know, I'd see him bust up out there and I'd throw the fluke out there and, uh, I'd get bit doing that all through practice. And even on tournament day, I got bit that way as well. Um, so, but colors, uh, to answer your question. So with the fluke, I was throwing like white or albino, uh, just trying to mimic the smaller shad that were in the area. And then on the shaky head, I was throwing the biz baits, Disney diamond and just a green pumpkin. Um, that's pretty much my thing. I, I pretty much throw green pumpkin in clear water and then black and blue and stained water or like a summer crawl, something that's got a chartreuse uh to it but uh, i don't get too crazy with my collars to be honest with you right on very cool man very cool good info um so you went home for a couple days and you headed to tennessee so how did uh how did nick jack you know when you got there what was uh kind of your game plan and you know how did your practice go and all that good stuff yeah, so Nickajack's interesting. Um, man, a lot happened there. A lot happened there. Um, some funny stuff, some not so funny stuff. Oh yeah. And uh, some some great some great fishing too. So leading up to Nickajack, man, <coughs> I like to do a lot of I like to do a lot of preparation. I like to find as much information on a lake as I can. Do map study. Um, you know, reach out to people I know in the area. Find out as much as I can. Because uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to practice usually. Luckily for Nick and Jack, I had three days as well. Uh, well, two and a half because we got cut off at one o'clock on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but leading up, man, I couldn't find much at all. Like I knew there were some FLW tournaments out there. I knew Bass had had like a like, tournament out there at one point um, for like a loser's bracket thing. But I really couldn't find much. You know, little tournament results here and there. But everyone that I talked to that lived in the area, they're like, dude, I don't fish that. Go to Chick. I go to Guttersville. There's no reason to go to Nick Jack. Right. So, you know, going there was um, was different. It was it was really just uh, getting down there and kind of checking it out. Um, I wanted to fish in the river. That was my game plan. I quickly realized that that was not going to be, um, you know, the most suitable situation for me. Sure. And I ended up fishing. I fished on the south end, so... I think like the day before I kind of picked out an area and I showed Alan, you know, my travel partner. I said, Hey, I think I'm going to check this out. And uh, I went down there. I got down there at like nine o'clock in the morning. I was on the water by 10 and first cast, I'd caught like a 17 incher. Um, I actually, I, I threw it out there and had some, some backlash that I was kind of working out and reeled it up and, you know, I had a 17 incher on. Um, so I played around in that area for a little bit maybe about an hour and caught quite a few fish. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go figure something else out. So I went out to the main lake. I didn't find a whole lot out there that I really liked. And it was windy that day. So, you know, we had like two or three footers out there. Sure. Um, so I lo- so I loaded up and uh, went up and played around in the northern part of the lake um, or the river, I guess. And Alan and Alan went up there with me. We actually went up to the dam too which was probably not the smartest idea I've ever had, um, <laughs> trying to paddle trying to paddle out there in the tailwaters of uh, Chickamauga Dam. Uh, that, was, that was interesting for sure. Um, I went across the current 
to the slack water side and I, I remember I was trying to run, you know, north and south up the current to the other side and I was struggling, man, like really struggling. I was getting washed backwards pretty and I don't know what those things are called, but where the barges yeah. kind of like dock up to or whatever. Yeah, they're like big columns um, that come out of the water and they tie all the barges yeah. to them, yeah. I know where you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I remember trying to paddle across to the slack water side over there. And, um, man, the back end of my kayak literally tapped one of those columns as I was coming across. Had I had I been any slower, um, I might have uh, I might have been in trouble there. And yeah. then coming back to the ramp afterwards um, was in the dark was even uh, even tougher. So, yeah, I I knew after that that I wasn't going to mess around in the river too much, um, and I was going to stick around on the south end. So, yeah, I fished um, up, I fished up there Thursday, and just to give you listeners like kind of like a. A, uh, a realization of the current that Sam's talking about. I think the discharge on average was about 40,000 CFM. So, I mean, it's brutal. And uh, I did make my way over there, and that was pretty sketchy, even with a trolling motor. And the fact that you paddled over there, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's that's uh, <laughs> that's some ballsy stuff. But, um, you know, I fished up there on Thursday, I think it was, I spent all day up there and I mean, I caught a, a, a few fish, but there was a lot of small, uh, small mouth that you would have to sort through and things like that. And, you know, down on the South end, I, I, I definitely ended up finding some bigger fish. Um, so that's why I kind of, kind of wiped that off the board, but that current up there is just, it's gnarly, man. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. My original plan was to kind of run around in the river and fish bridge pylons. Sure. But, uh, I, you know, I just, I realized after a couple of days that I wasn't going to be able to effectively fish it the way I thought I needed to, to put myself in position to win. Cause this wasn't about points. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's not a trail or tour event. This is about two things qualifying, you know, hopefully in that top 20 yep. Yep. Uh, to get that free entry and win in the thing, you know? Sure. So that's why I picked the South end. I, I felt more comfortable down there. And, uh, you know, I knew I'd had some fish down there that I thought could, thought could get it done. So, um, that's where I ended up. Yeah. So, so day one, you ended up finishing in, uh, 13th place. And, uh, so why don't you yeah. run us through like day one, like your thoughts, how that all went down? Yeah, so after practice again, man, I felt really confident in what I was doing. Um, I hadn't set the hook a whole lot, so I wasn't positive on size. Um, but, you know, I, I had a pretty good idea of what I thought was there. Um, so tournament morning, I got down there really early. I think me and Alan were the first, maybe the second people to the, to the ramp, uh, got loaded up. And then quickly I started getting worried about how much of my water I was going to be sharing because this truck after truck starts pulling up. I think when we launched, we had over 10 kayaks at our little ramp. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, you could go left or you could go right. And I was going right into, into the, into the uh, back of this 
bay, I guess you could call it. Basically, it's where 24 split the lake up. Sure, sure. And uh, um, if anybody looks at the lake, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, and I think there was like eight of us out of that 10 that went right into that pocket. Um, so I had, again, like three spots back there that I really wanted to fish. I mean, you could fish the whole area and get get bit, but I had three spots that I was really kind of keying in on. And uh, then I had some backup stuff. Well, I think I was the only person paddling out of the group of eight. So um, you can imagine I pro- I wasn't able to fish my primary area. Sure, <laughs> um, sure. In fact, I didn't fish my primary area the entire tournament, and it probably worked out better uh, for me. So uh, my game plan was pretty simple, man. We had a shad spawn going on in the morning until about mid-morning. I was going to fish that. And then I was going to move out to some deeper water um, and, and, you know, try and upgrade uh, there. So I knew I could get my limit pretty early in the morning and then just, you know, try and upgrade all day. So sure. that's what I did. You know, day one, I actually ran into Scott. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name, Butcher. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I ran into him first thing in the morning. Him and Bill and uh, Fuquay were out there on the water. And he took some photos of me and stuff, which was awesome. Uh, they made it onto the FLW website and Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, he fished around me for a little while. Um, I had my limit within the first, like, 10 minutes. They're just small ones, though. Um, and then I moved over to uh, to another area where they were schooling pretty good. And I just started throwing a swim bait. I was throwing a uh, Wicked Weights. It's called a Wicked Willow. It's a bladed swim bait hook i was throwing that in a quarter ounce and then i threw a handful of different swim baits actually i was changing up quite a bit um anytime the bite would slow down i'd change up the swim bait um so anywhere from like a four and a half to a five and a half inch swim bait and during that shad spawn and i was i was jacking them pretty good i caught early on in the morning i caught like a 19 inch or 1875 something like that um and uh some 14s i was sitting in like third place um first thing in the morning right away so i I mean i felt good right i knew i had to upgrade the 14s but was feeling pretty good i sit there and fished that area for a while until that bite like completely died off and that actually on day one that lasted until about midday and then i ran over to one of my other spots luckily there wasn't anybody over there and uh i upgraded you know that last hour of the tournament after the rain because we had some torrential downpours that day oh yeah um so right at the tail end of that rain you know it pushed them down deep which actually helped out my bite um because it kind of locked them down in an area and i started throwing a quarter ounce wicked weight shaky head with a six inch uh dizzy diamond green pumpkin uh from biz baits and i was just fishing it real real slow um, and about, uh, seven to nine foot of water, depending on the spot. Sure. Um, and, uh, they were slamming it, dude. You know, I caught a couple 16s and some 17s upgraded. I got a call at, I think it was like two. I got a call from Amanda saying, Hey, we need to make sure you're at the stage no later than three thirty. Um, so I actually stopped fishing about a half an hour early because I car top and everything. So I've got to break down completely and put everything in my car and get the kayak on top of the car. 
and then it was an hour to weigh in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I quit fishing about a half an hour early, actually, to get up there. And then I get up there, and they're getting ready to pull the names and go up on stage. And some, I guess, a couple of people had submitted fish kind of at the last minute there and bumped me down to 13th by like, uh, like a quarter of an inch out of the top 10. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. So you're sitting in 13th after day one. What are you thinking that night? Like, I mean, you're definitely within grasps of, you know, not only getting the, the free, um, you know, entry into the next one and, uh, not only that, but placing in the money. I mean, you know, what, what, what was kind of running through your mind that night? Yeah, so back up a little bit. So I submitted my last fish as my phone, my 10s, my iPhone was bugging out on me, um, and my screen went out. Yep. Um, so first thing I had to do was quickly go get a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, there's a Verizon store right by check-in, as you know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, <laughs> I work. Yeah. Unfortunately, I worked for Verizon, and that was an authorized retailer, so I couldn't do business there. So I had to drive an hour to the closest corporate location. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and I had to buy a brand-new phone, you know, um, and try and get that all set up. And then I get back to camp, and, you know, again, we had those torrential downpours, and my tent had completely collapsed. Oh, jeez. And uh, I have... Yeah, I have a quick, uh, quick pitch tent, so it's not something like where I could fix it. The, yeah. the main like supporting bars were like completely broken oh, from geez. the weight of uh, the water. All my stuff soaking wet, and I'm like, oh, all right. So I kind of like rigged it up a little bit to hold it up, and then um, you know it's late by this point, right? Cause sure. I think it was like nine, nine thirty, ten o'clock, and so I put put all my stuff in my car that I needed to rig up for the next day. And me and Alan went and found a shelter because it was raining again. Yeah. And uh, we kind of rigged up everything. And I came back to the campsite and it was literally on the ground. Like <laughs> this time, completely on the ground. Oh. All my stuff is soaking wet. Um, and again, I do all this out of my car. I right. have a 2014 Impala that I do all this out of. So like my typical process is, I load my car up, I go to the campground and unload it and get my car fishable, like where I can fish out of it sure. for a tournament. So that night I had to get everything in my car, clean it all up. By the time I was done with that, it's like three or four in the morning and I just went to the ramp. So oh, I didn't wow. sleep that night at all. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? It was all fine and dandy because I felt really good about my chances. You know, like you said, I'm sitting in 13th. Right. I know my fish are there still. I have no worries about that just because the way they're set up. I'm feeling really confident. Um, so, yeah, we launch that morning and uh, head out to the spots, and I'm feeling really good. I'm tired, but I'm feeling good. Right, right. So. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like everybody's got a story from Nickajack, you know, because I ran into <laughs> you guys um, after day one. You 
you went and checked in and everything and then you were like yeah i gotta go to the verizon store and i'm like well i just left there (laughs) it's like 15 minutes up the road you know and um yeah you know i i think after day one you know i was off the water by i think it was 11 11 o'clock central time so noon um maybe eleven thirty, or I was heading in about that time just because I lost the phone phones in the bottom of Nickajack Lake. And right when those torrential downpours came in was right when I was leaving the ramp to head back out. So I know exactly what you're talking about because I think my spot was probably a good half hour to 45 minutes away from the actual ramp. I was fishing that far east side, kind of where the river channel came in. And, you know, there was a a rocky shoreline, a big ledge. There was some current there, and it was holding some big fish. But, you know, once that storm hit, unfortunately, it didn't do for me what it did for you. You know, when that storm hit, my fish moved down deep, and I just couldn't get them to go after that. And then, um, you know, so... You know, I thought it was supposed to clear up um, Saturday evening, and then I I ended up waking up in the middle of the night getting soaked in my trailer because I had my uh, fan vent open on the on the roof, and there was just water coming in, and I'm just like, oh geez, you know, like what else can go wrong? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it sounds like we were in a very similar situation this whole tournament. So. Um, Day two, day two, like, I mean, you ended up finishing overall in 22nd place, but, um, you know, what, what happened to you on day two and what, what got you to 22nd place? Yeah. So day two is a very similar story, right? We had a little bit of rain, nothing, nothing crazy. Wind changed though. It's coming out of the North and I think it was like about 10 degrees cooler. Yeah. Um, but for fit from a fishing standpoint, it really didn't change what I was doing. Um, I fished two baits the entire tournament. I never picked up another rod, um, you know, the shaky head and the swim bait. Mm-hmm. And so on day two, similar thing. There was a, there was less boats. I think we only had five boats at our ramp that morning, five or six. Um, and only about four of those went back to this area. Um, but I don't know if you had this, experience on your end but we had a lot of boater traffic yep. on ours um so just local guys fishing and then even in the midday to afternoon pleasure boaters out there um so interestingly enough i went right back to that same spot that i started out on day one um immediately i caught my limit within the first 15 minutes Jeez. couldn't even upload them um, because the app was not allowing us to upload them for whatever reason, um, which was fine. So I just kept fishing. I had like a 16 something and, um, a bunch of 13s and 14s all that morning. I mean, it's left and right catching the same size fish. Um, but the school wasn't even active yet. Like I hadn't even seen one bust yet. Um, so I just, you know, was looking at them on the Lowrance and then backing off and fishing them. Um, and then sure enough, I see a bass boat coming at me, um, you know, 34 miles an hour. And then he just, you know, puts the brakes on and drops the trolling motor 
literally on top of me. Like I could have jumped from my deck to his. Come on. Um, yeah, no, I'm not kidding, dude. I, so I have footage of this, but I lost it um, on my camera. So, um, yeah, so and that's another story with my GoPro. But anyway, um, so he sits literally on top of me. And uh, I remember at one point we both made a cast at the same time, and I swore our base were going to hit each other. And we were both catching. So... Um, you know, every other cast, he was catching one, every other cast, I was catching one all about the same size. I never saw him pull anything big out. Um, but I was just getting irritated, you know, and I was like, Hey man, uh, are you fishing a tournament? He goes, no, I'm just out here fun fishing, bud. And I was like, okay, well I'm, you know, fishing for $13,000 yeah, in right. contention to win this thing. Um, he's like, Oh really? I was like, yeah, you know, I explained the tournament and everything. He goes, okay, cool, bud and cast right over me, you know? Jesus. So, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, he doesn't get it, or he doesn't care, so I'm going to let him have it. So I left uh, that spot and went to, you know, my area that I had upgraded the day before, um, a little earlier than what I wanted to. I know there were bigger fish in there. Like I said, I caught an 18-something on day one, 16-something on day two. I knew there were bigger fish in there. You just had to weed through it. Sure. But... I wasn't going to sit there and fight this guy over this area. Um, and I didn't want it messing with my head the whole time, which it would have. So I was like, let me get out of here. Let me go to this other spot. So I go to my other spot and, you know, if you were just watching me from a distance, you probably would have thought I was just like cruising down the bank fishing, but it's not what I was doing. I mean, yes, there was times that I was just looking for that bonus fish, but there were specific areas that I was targeting. Um, that, uh, you know, I was looking at the Lawrence unit and, and seeing where they were kind of schooled up at, and um, I was fishing that. So, you know, I had caught a few fish on my way over to the to the juice, you know, to the main spot, and um, I get there, I'm like, all right, this is where it's going to happen. And I make that first cast into that, that spot. Basically, it's a creek channel. It comes right up to this you know, to this uh, road where they've got these big boulders and everything. There's some grass down there. I mean, it's per picture perfect, right? So I make the cast in there and, you know, I work it a little bit and right as I'm getting ready to kind of pull it out, just dunk and set the hook, rod bends completely over. Um, it's strip and drag. All right, here it is, you know. And I get her to the boat, um, and the wind's blowing by this point, so I'm literally on the rocks, right? I'm fighting the fish towards the rocks, which is the last thing you want to do. Um, you always want to fight them out to the deeper water, but I just couldn't position the boat that way and keep it that way. So I get her up to the boat, and she turns over on her side. I grab the net. I'm going to go scoop her, and she decides to make another dig at it. And when she does, she goes down and wraps me right around a boulder, Oh man. Um, and breaks, and breaks me off. Yeah. She, I mean, every bit of six, seven pounds, probably the bigger, one of the bigger fish that I've had on all year, if not the biggest, um, trashing around a boulder breaks me off. I mean, literally I had seven foot a liter and she broke it off with, you know, like right above the hook, pretty much maybe a foot above the hook and the whole leader line was just shredded. Oh, so man. I threw a little fit, you know, like any grown man would do. Yeah. And, uh, 
and then I, I, I retied my leader with my shaky hands and, uh, you know, gave it a little tug. I was like, man, that doesn't feel like a good knot. So I cut that off and retied another one. And I make another cast to the exact, exact same spot. And again, I work it, work it, work it through there. And right as I'm about ready to, you know, reel it up real quick, thunk. And uh, another fish right at the boat, probably anywhere between 16 and 18 inches. Grab the net, go to scoop. It jumps two foot out of the air, spits the hook. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, so this is how it's going to go today. Okay. (laughs) Well, what do you do, man? Yeah. Just cast it out there again and keep going. So... I cast it out there again. This time, as it's fallen, bam, just hits it hard. Drill the hook into it, or so I thought. Get it to the boat, same thing. Jumps right at the boat, a couple feet out of the water. I mean, those fish were strong there. Yeah. It was nuts. Jumps a couple feet out of the water, probably another 16 to 18-inch class fish. Spits the hook. I literally tried to like catch it with the net, <laughs> almost <laughs> fell out of the kayak. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And so the hook, so I spent another 20, 30 minutes on that same spot, never moved off of it. Just fishing. And I caught a couple smaller 13, 14 inch fish, but never got another big bite. And then, uh, the wind started really picking up at that point. And so I actually just let it push me down the lake all the way out to the main lake and throughout that process i upgraded like three or four times to like 14 15 inches but never got another big bite um and uh yeah ended up in 22nd place um but you know i think if i would have had that the one the first one i lost would have been easily a 20 class 20 inch class fish sure and two let's say they were say they were 17s that would have put me right in contention at least at the very least top three yeah 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 yeah, <clears throat> yeah and you know it, it's real interesting too because like you know between the two of you and i'll have a question for both of you to answer um it sounds like there was incredible adversity throughout this whole situation you know brian was out there longer than you um pretty much from what i'm hearing everybody that pre-fished did really well Yep. Come game day, there were issues with rain, you know, because that cut your, your guys' uh, day pretty short. You know, you're you're talking about your tent getting basically smashed by the rain. Um, your phone's jacked up. Brian's phone's gone. <laughs> um, you know, you're losing fish. So, and, and it brings up an interesting uh, point of there's a psychological aspect. Oh, that, yeah. That nobody real that nobody realizes exists um, in any of the fishing sports, but especially kayaking, because it's such an intimate situation, um, and it's really just you against the water, and you can be the best fisherman you know you, you could ever be, but you're still gonna face some of these psychological adversities. Now that being said, uh, question to you know to both of you is as you experienced your situations and your, you know, your issues, um, how did you, 
prevail? How did you progress through it and deal with it? Um, I mean, because it sounded like, I mean, I guess you're, I don't know whose was worse um, because it was, they're, they're both similar. But I mean, we're talking about lost fish at the boat. Because I know I'm horrible at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm and you know that. <laughs> like yeah. I, I get really I get really bad. I get inside my head and I can tank the whole day. It's hard for me to pull myself out of that hole. So how do you how do you guys deal with it? Uh, I'll let Sam go first and then I'll 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 give you my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> um so I mean here's the thing. Like I said, I've been doing this a while. Um, tournament fishing that is and, and, and fishing in general um, and there was a time where any of the things that I've mentioned um, throughout this this you know time talking with you guys would have uh, sent me in a downward spiral um, but I think you know after years of experience and after you know doing this long enough and watching others do it long enough, you, you quickly realize it's the people who are able to keep it together and keep going and keep grinding it out are the ones that are the most consistent. And those are the guys that are at the top, because I think Brian, you said it earlier. I mean, we, we've all gone through this stuff. Everyone at Naked Jack had a story, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you look at, you look at Bogdan, if you listen to his story, I mean, he had some adversities that he went through. Yeah. Um, so that's just part of it. You know, anybody who's like out here watching, you know, FLW, MLF, Bass, even the KBF Pro Tour now and thinking, oh, hey, that's some easy thing to do or that looks really cool and fun and I want to do that one day. Well, like reality check, it's, it's work. <laughs> yeah it's work and it's not all fun and games and it's not this luxury life. Like, you know, we spend a lot of time on the road. Yeah. We spend a lot of time practicing a lot of sleep. I mean, you know, I didn't get any sleep the night before the tournament, um, which led probably to me not doing the best at, you know, getting those fish in the boat. Maybe it would have or not changed it. I don't know. But yeah, I think you just, you get used to it at some point and you realize like, this stuff's going to happen. That's part of fishing. Um, you know, that's what we signed up for. And, uh, that's why it's called fishing and not catching. Yeah. And you just grind it out. You just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. And, you know, uh, going to me, losing my phone early in the day, day one, um, like right after it happened, I was just like, my mind was so blown and I'm just like, I'm screwed. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I might as well go home. Like, I got no way to upload fish. And, um, you know, I told myself, you know, I'm like, well, sitting here isn't going to do me any good. I need to start heading back towards the ramp. And as I'm heading back, I'm like, oh, I got a GoPro in the truck. Um, found a guy at the ramp fishing from the bank. Asked him to use his phone. Called the tournament director and uh explained my situation he's like yep you know you can uh use your gopro but you got to have those photos uploaded well i had no way to upload them with me i had to get like you said i was staying up by dayton by hq so it was like an hour and 15 minute drive to to my trailer to 
you know, get to my laptop and have a Wi-Fi signal, get photos uploaded. And, you know, it was like, you know, the thought that night was like, do I even fish tomorrow? Like, I, I got no chance at this. And I'm like, oh, you know, why give up? You know, like, and then day two, go out to my spot, rained all night, water's dirty as all get out because I'm right on the main river channel. And... I catch like two short fish and I'm like, I'm screwed. I might as well go home. Like I was like so ready to give up and I'm like, why, you know? And that was the thing. Like I always try to tell myself like, you know, just have fun, you know? But when you got that competition aspect, it's kind of hard not to think about that and just have fun. And well, and then the fact too, that this was like an FLW event this is like the biggest event to happen so far in kayaking and and that's just it you know it's just like all week i'm on good fish and i'm like i'm gonna do really good like that there was no doubt in my mind with like the pattern i was fishing and stuff i wasn't gonna end up in the top top 30 you know if not top 20 and you know, going through all these struggles and stuff. And, you know, I remember leaving my spot day two. I'm like, you know, I might as well go home. And part of that is, is like you said, we're on the road, we're traveling. Like, I know you got to go home for a few days and that wasn't much, but like, you know, it just didn't make sense for me to go from Kansas back to Northern Illinois and then back down to Tennessee. And so I was on the road for legit 11 days and it just, it, I mean, when you're in, and I, t- I remember having a conversation with Jay. It was like, you know, it's different when you're with somebody else. Like, like you're traveling with Alan. I mean, I was traveling solo, and it's just like eleven days being by yourself. I mean, it's kind of nice to like just relax and like just you know block all that stuff out. But I mean, that struggle day two, you know. I'm like, I got no other spots. All my spots were consistent consistent with, like, features and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I ended up um, I ended up dragging a Ned Rig off a of Rocky Point and, you know, scratched up a limit. Ended up getting, I think my big fish of the day was, like, 16 and a half or something. But uh, I got another funny story, you know kind of similar to what uh sam was talking about is like along this rocky shoreline i was fishing dragging this ned rig and i I thought i hooked into a seven pounder and by the time it got to the surface it was a turtle like 18 inches across (laughs) like the hook of the ned rig like got hooked around its shell it didn't actually hook the turtle but i'm just like man this is like how my whole tournament is gone like you know why not just hook a turtle you know so ended up getting him unhooked but i mean that's the thing like you know mentally i was like just totally ready to give up but when it all came down to it i'm like you know what yeah i'm not winning any money uh i'm not getting a a free ticket to the next one but i at least want to do good at showing and i know some people struggled day two um, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. Like, I think Christine Fisher was up there right around Sam after day one and day two. I think she had like one, like 16 or 17 inch fish. All the rest were 12, 12 and a quarter, 12 and a half, you know? So 
You know, I, I mean, I didn't have the best bag day, too, but it was enough to bump me up a little bit. I think I ended up in, like, 63rd, and granted, that's better than 70th if had I not fished day two, you know. So, I mean, it, it's a struggle, man, but it's like, I know I've been getting better with that whole mental aspect game, but like Sam said, you just got to keep grinding it out, you know, and that was, like, the whole mindset I had was just, you know, just keep going why give up you know so but yeah no that's cool i, I mean <clears throat> you know i think a lot a lot of times people don't realize too is you know everyone thinks fishing is easy yeah <laughs> and when you do this stuff like they don't realize when you're pounding out these tournaments yeah you're getting up at 3 30 in the morning you're traveling to wherever you're going which is you know in most cases at least an hour away from where your meetup spot is or, or where you're camping yeah you get home at like nine o'clock at night, you know. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's an early and a late day. You're exhausted. There's so much that goes into this, so you have, I guess, the the mental, yeah, uh, you know, the the mental uh, uh, anguish, but also the physical aspects of it too. So all you guys out there that are looking to start getting into this, you, you better start getting your chops <laughs> because. You know, I mean, I've done a few heavy hitting ones doing the championships and stuff, and it is grueling. Yeah, I'm, I cannot wait to not have to wake up early, like yeah. after it's all done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, like Sam said, I, it, it's a grind. You just got to keep grinding it out and keep going. I mean, and that's when you see the consistent guys. That's just what they're doing. You know. That's the thing, you know, like Sam lost those big fish at the boat, but he was just like, whatever, you know, it wasn't like he stopped fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said he had a few choice words, you know, and, you know, uh, like a grown man would, so to speak, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with the tantrum on the water. <laughs> yeah, but you, you just keep you just keep grinding away, you know, and that's all you can really do, so, but... Uh, no, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not the highlight reel that everyone sees on, on TV and on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet it probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, that's cool, man. So... Um, so next stop, St. Clair, Michigan. So you're going to be there. What's your plans? What are you thinking? Well, uh, first plan. So I'm not even unpacked yet, uh, from Nick and Jack. Neither am I. Uh, <laughs> literally, literally this morning going into work, I was taking clothes out of the suitcase. So, um, yeah, not even unpacked yet. My gear's thrown all over the place. Um, I got to get a couple new reels because I had on top of everything else, had a couple reels break down on me while I was out there. Um, and uh, I'm not going to take the time to try and fix them. So I'm just going to get a couple new ones. Sure. Um, so, so plan one is to, uh, get organized and get things ready to go. Uh, two, try and if I can find the time to do it, put a motor yeah. on the bona fide, which is a whole nother topic that we could talk about for sure um after saying i would never do it i'm ready to do it yeah um and then yeah so st Clair, i've never fished water anywhere near that big um you know that's that's a whole nother ball game i am not a small mouth fisherman i've gotten into it a little bit since i've had the kayak because i've fished small rivers here around indiana and had a blast doing it a couple times Sure. So it's definitely something that I want to get into, but it is not 
my ball game. Like I feel pretty confident that I can break the lake down. I can find large mouth, understand their patterns and, you know, where they're at and what they're doing. When it comes to small mouth, I do not have that figured out. Um, so St. Clair, I'm a little, I'm super excited about it cause it's going to be a challenge and I'm going to be going after small mouth, something I've never had to do. I've never caught a trophy size small mouth at all. I've never caught a big small mouth. Uh, to be honest with you, probably my biggest is like 15, 16 inches. Okay. And I think I caught that at big Hill, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a totally different thing for me, but I'm excited for the challenge, but I'm also, you know, super nervous about it. I've got a couple areas that I want to check out. Um, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, what happens if the wind kicks up or something like that on a lake that size, you know, right. You, you've seen, you've seen what can happen out there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's the one that I'm looking forward to and least looking forward to all at the same time. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to get three days of practice. Um, well, no, I'm going to get two days. I'm going to get Thursday, Friday, and then, uh, we'll see what we can do on Saturday. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much in the same, same line as you, man. Like, uh, you know, and I think me, you and Alan had talked about that down, down there in Tennessee, you know, it's just like, I don't know what to expect. It's a huge body of water. Um, I know it's mainly going to be a small mouth bite and, uh, you know, who knows? It's just that, uh. You know, like you said, the wind kicks up, that can get hairy, and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody stays safe and everything. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. It, it, it'll be different. Um, it'll be a new experience, and uh, it'll be one for the books. So, it's a good thing they do best, yeah. best out of three for AOY points. <laughs> but, right. Uh, but, yes, uh, I'm fully prepared to get, uh, get spanked uh, yeah. in this one, so... Yeah, I feel um, like I'll be competitive in the others, but not this one. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way, man. So it'll be interesting, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it though. It's uh, I've heard nothing but great things about that lake, and that's kind of like a bucket list lake for me. So um, should right should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. So um, yeah, we'll see you up there. I can I'm tell sure. you, my original my original plan was to fish the Detroit River. Because of that, I have fished, and I know how to largemouth fish for largemouth in the river there. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I read today that that's going to be off limits. So, um, Plan B. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Very cool, man. Well, we're uh, we're winding down here at the end of the episode. Why don't you um, why don't you tell everybody where they could follow you on your social uh, YouTube channel if you got one, and then. Uh, you know, shout out to any of your sponsors and stuff, and then uh, we'll run through our our little closeout and wrap this thing up, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. And then, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, follow me. Yeah, follow me at uh, at Sam Jones Fishing on Instagram. You know, follow me on Facebook at Sam Jones. Send me a friend request. Um, you can find me on Angler Experts as well. Um, and then I will be launching a YouTube channel here shortly. I hope to have already had it out. It was going to be all about my travels, but I've lost a lot of stuff. Uh, so I got to piece that together, but that's going to be jonesing to fish. Um, so that'll be out shortly. I'll announce that on my socials once it is. Very cool. Um, and then, yeah, just, yeah, thanks, man. Um, 
I've been, that's something I've been wanting to do for a while now. And, uh, I've always been behind the camera and, uh, it's time to step out in front of it. Not the most comfortable there, but, uh, time to do it. So, and then, yeah, shout out to my sponsors, um, Wicked Weights. Uh, if you guys are looking to pick up some tungsten, um, use code SJ10 for 10% off at wickedweights.com. Uh, TRC covers, best fishing rod protection in the world hands down rod tip protection they flow um you can't beat them fully customizable so check them out at trccovers.com use code east 10 for 10 percent off there fx custom rods um, i use their extreme angler series one of the best rod lineups i've ever seen um high high-end components at a, a super low price point so you know, it's affordable for everyone. Some of the best blanks you're, you're going to find. Um, accent fishing products, you know, the best spinnerbaits, the river special. Everybody's seen that. Some of the biggest pros have won off of that in, in recent years. Um, and great buzz baits as well. So, um, and then biz baits is my new one, actually announcing that right here. Um, you know, I've been fishing biz baits for a long time and, Finally, I'm teaming up with them, and I'm going to be promoting them this year out on the Pro Tour, uh, and hopefully for years to come. So check them out at bizbase.com. Right on, man. Congrats on that. Um, what was that uh, promo code for the Wicked Weights? Because what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to put these in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in any of these products, the promo codes and stuff will be in there that uh, Sam just gave off. Yeah, so Wicked Weights, it's going to be SJ10, SJ10, uh, for 10% off Wicked Weights. And then East 10 for the TRC covers. Right, and if anybody's interested in FX uh, custom rods, just, uh, you know, shoot me a message, look me up, and uh, I can help you out there as well. Very cool, very cool, man. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on tonight, and uh, we very much appreciate your time and all that good stuff. So, uh, real quick, guys, um, hope you guys enjoyed tonight's guest. Um, if you ever have a question, comment, uh, want us to talk about a future topic, feel free to reach out at paddle, the letter N in fin, at gmail.com. Uh, check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Um, we just added some t-shirts this week to the swag store there is the yeah buddy edition and the and i'm jay so and i'm jay uh, <laughs> you guys can check those out um so those are up there and then um all the rocktown demo days will be down in the show notes so if you're up here in the northern illinois area looking to get into a new boat uh rocktown can uh set you up with that and I think that is it, my friends. Till next time, tight lines and smooth paddling. <laughs>